First of all, before today's episode proper, scheduling being what it is, I have to record this episode while yard work is being done outside. So if it sounds from time to time like someone is trimming hedges mere yards away from the microphone, uh, that's exactly what's happening. Sorry. Welcome, warriors, to MDC. In this series, I'm examining every single goddamn page of the Secrets of Shadowloo supplement for the Street Fighter storytelling game, intent on uncovering the single biggest secret on each page. Every episode covers one page, every episode is short. Secrets of Shadowloo was published in 1994 by White Wolf Game Studio. Today we're discussing page 34 of Secrets of Shadowloo. We are still in the Shadowloo Warriors section, and we are still discussing the Harbingers, uh, a Shadowloo Gamma team of, you know, rookies, losers, and in the case of today, probationary Shadowloo ne'er-do-wells who are actually double agents. Today's page describes Siren. She is an Interpol infiltrator into Shadowloo, but alas for Siren, I think she's going to kind of fade into the background today in favor of some other topics, because her mission from Interpol is pretty revelatory about sort of the state of the spy game between Interpol and Shadowloo, and the way that that status quo results in Interpol and Shadowloo being sort of equally and oppositely fucked. But okay, let's start at the beginning. Let's start with the person, Siren. Quote, Born Constance Theone, Siren's real name is classified by Interpol. She has been an agent for Europe's police organization since she graduated from college. She has worked her way up to special operative status and is now on her first field mission. Her assignment is to infiltrate Shadowloo at a low level through the Harbingers, one of the street fighting teams. She entered the fighting circuit a little over a year ago and quickly gained the attention of Fernando de Gaulle. He recruited her into his street fighting team, and she has been gathering information ever since. So already we have kind of a little hint of what uh, Shadowloo's hiring practices look like security-wise. Interpol wanted to insert someone into the organization uh, through the street fighter circuit, so what they did is they had one of their agents go street fight for like one year at most, just barely get her feet wet in the sport. And sure enough, here comes international man of low rent mystery, Fernando de Gaulle, whom we'll discuss in a couple of pages, saying, Hello, you seem to be a street fighter. It is my policy, I guess, to simply invite all street fighters to join my secret organization. And he did, and she accepted, and now she's in the conspiracy. Not too tough to get in the door with Shadowloo, uh, but it's not going great. Quote, So far, Siren has learned very little of Shadowloo's inner workings. She hopes to someday learn more about its European network. She has heard talk of a Shadowloo overlord in Europe who still competes in the Street Fighter circuit. If she can discover who this individual is, it would give Interpol a clearer picture of Shadowloo's power structure. Okay, so today we have a, we have a multi-tiered secret of Shadowloo. Here's the beginner secret. There's a European overlord who still street fights. Uh, this is already bonkers. Overlords, as I'm about to discuss, are a big fucking deal in Shadowloo. And the idea that Shadowloo would permit one of them to just go participate in street fights, it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, we say the street fighter circuit, right? As though this is some kind of league. It's not. Like, as we've discussed, a match on the quote-unquote street fighter circuit is one 900 number away from being just two people in a parking lot betting $1,000 on who can knock the other one unconscious first. It is somewhere on the continuum between unsanctioned boxing and a special martial arts episode of Jackass. So the idea that you would throw like a global figure in your international crime slash terror slash world domination organization into these events, nonsense. If you are content with that as the secret of Shadowloo today, by all means, like you've chosen the better part. Go on, enjoy the rest of your day. But that is not my lot. As soon as I read this, I started pulling at the thread. 
So if you're still with me, let's go to the intermediate level. And let's start with a little bit of review. What is an overlord? An overlord is the head of a region for Shadaloo, in charge of all Shadaloo operations inside. These regions are big. For example, we are informed that there is an overlord of California and an overlord of Brazil. Now, obviously, these are two very different places, especially when you try to map them over to Europe. But I did a little bit of digging into this just to kind of see what we were talking about. And the nearest I can figure, there's probably an overlord of Russia. I think based on the examples we have, it's fair to say Russia is neither too big to have a single overlord, nor too small for it to be the only thing on an overlord's plate. So let's say Russia, just for convenience sake as we move forward. Let's say we're talking about the overlord of Russia. If the overlord of Russia is the overlord who is secretly a street fighter, the person going to these unregulated parking lot fights is in charge of all Shadaloo operations in Russia. Everything Shadaloo does in Russia, this one person is in charge of it when they're not being pile-driven into asphalt in a parking lot. I'm not at all confident about the past participle of pile-drive, but no time for that now. I have topped out even my own tremendous capacity for pedantry. We just have to press on. So to return to Siren's mission, Interpol has put her into a very dangerous undercover operation inside Shadaloo to learn more about Shadaloo's European operations, and the lead they have her working on is to find the identity of this overlord who's rumored to be a street fighter. Now, I don't think there's any benefit to Interpol in its understanding of Shadaloo's European operations if, let's say, they already know who the overlord of Russia is. Let's say, once again, for ease of conversation, it is Soda Popinski, retired from his stint on the punch-out boxing circuit, but he can't find it in himself to leave the life completely, and so he's now a, a masked street fighter. He's fighting as, like, the Kremlin gremlin or whatever. If Interpol already knows that Soda Popinski is the overlord of Russia— I don't think it benefits their understanding of Shadaloo's European structure to discover that he also dons a mask and, and fights as the Kremlin gremlin. What it sounds like to me is they're looking to just find the identity of some European overlord. This tells us that Interpol has not had a ton of success infiltrating Shadaloo, because if they had, they would know who these overlords are. Shadaloo operates on a, what I'm going to call a jamboree system. There, there's a, a regular, a quarterly overlord jamboree where all the overlords all over the world, not just in Europe, but all over the world, all get together and do like presentations and networking and learning about each other's stuff, right? Independent of the dragons they serve, which is confusing to me because it's like, it does seem like a waste of valuable time to force Soda Popinski, who's in charge of all your Russian operations, to like travel to a convention center in Las Vegas four times a year so he can hear a presentation from the overlord of the American Pacific Northwest about whether Shadaloo has caught Bigfoot yet. Like, this is none of his business. They have different bosses, they have different policies, but nonetheless, quarterly, all the overlords have to meet. So if Interpol had ever gotten one of those people, they would know all these names. They never have. Furthermore, every overlord oversees dozens of bosses. Those bosses have to know who they're reporting to. They have to be able to authenticate orders from their boss, the overlord. They have to be able to contact the overlord in case of, you know, an emergency or dispute. And it's not as though the overlord can, like, operate with every boss with a different fake identity because all the bosses know each other because, you guessed it, jamboree-style management. All the bosses meet and have, like, a governing council of the overlord's territory to settle disputes between different factions. Understandably, right? If there's a drug dealer from a street gang selling crack outside the record store and the police come at the record store's request to bust the drug dealer, they may all find out that they all work for Shadaloo. Like the cops, the record store, and the gang may all be Shadaloo properties. 
So we got to figure out where are we allowed to sell crack? Where are we not? Who are the police allowed to bust and who are they not? That's all decided at the boss jamboree. So all these bosses know each other. This means that if Interpol ever busts a boss and manages to get them to name names, they'll learn all the bosses in the region and all those bosses would know who the overlord is. Because we know that Interpol doesn't know about the overlord's identities, we can therefore deduce that Interpol also has flipped few or no bosses. Generally speaking, across Europe, they may bust a lot of, uh, you know, conmen, foot soldiers, low-level bureaucrats who happen to work for Chateau, but I think they're very rarely nailing anybody above that level. I think if you went to Interpol headquarters and looked at their, like, mock-up of the Chateau pyramid, I think it's all question marks between, like, miscellaneous bottom feeders at the bottom and M. Bison at the top. It's a pretty sad state of affairs. But as I was thinking about Siren's plight here and how difficult it's going to be for her to make any progress, that's when I stumbled upon the advanced Shadaloo secret on today's page. Because I was thinking, how is Siren ultimately going to figure this out? Who does she have to meet? Where is she going to get this information? And it occurred to me, the reason that Interpol doesn't already know this is because surprisingly few people know who's in charge of Russia. Like, even within the organization, the other overlords know, but they're a huge deal. Like we're talking about 30 people, plus or minus a couple, across all of Europe who are at that level of authority. Barring them, I guess the only people who would know about Soda Popinski would be the bosses who work under him, right? Two or three dozen people in Russia. Below them, you have like rank and file members of these different subsidiary organizations who don't know who they ultimately work for. They don't know who the overlord is. They also don't have a jamboree. This is the, the bottom level of the pyramid is where the jamboree system breaks down. There is no like random scum jamboree. So all the various sort of foot soldiers of, you know, the mob and the ninja clans and the evil law firm and all that stuff, they'll, they'll know about each other on a need to know basis. But there are dozens of these different Shadaloo organizations in every domain. They don't all share the same region. They don't all have a reason to know about each other. That's why, in fact, the boss jamboree in each region is so important is because You've got all these Shadaloo interests who could easily come into conflict with each other. It's really at the boss jamboree that the bosses try to prevent this very predictable, catastrophic pileup of different Shadaloo agencies fighting each other because nobody knows who the fuck else works for Shadaloo. Then, as is so often the case, into that reasonably effective system that Shadaloo has set up, we insert street fighting for no good reason, and the whole thing goes to shit. Think about what street fighters represent in this system. Street Fighters are, are continually moving between different domains, right, to go to Street Fighter tournaments. It says virtually every tournament has at least one Shadaloo team, right? They have, they've blanketed the Street Fighting circuit. And if you look at the composition of the Harbingers, say, all the Harbingers are from different places. They're from all over the world. There's never a place that the Harbingers go where every member of the team is from there. And most of the places they go, none of them are from there. So they don't have any reason to know who's Shadaloo and who's not where they visit, and vice versa, right? If we add to our pileup of Shadaloo cops busting Shadaloo drug dealers in front of a Shadaloo record store, that there's also a street fighter in the mix, perhaps, if I know street fighters, catalyzing this whole fucking disaster. Somebody tried to karate chop a drug dealer and things escalated from there. None of these people in this scenario, even if they know about each other to whatever degree, none of them have any reason to know about the street fighter. I mean, unless literally every time a street fighter team from Shadaloo goes to a tournament anywhere... Some overlord somewhere, I guess whoever is the overlord of their manager, would have to send out a communique to the overlord of the place that the team is going. And then the overlord, I guess, would have to distribute like headshots and packets or something down through the bosses out to all like the foot soldiers and everything. So they know, hey, this shithead Blade is in town this week. He works for us. That's a lot of information worldwide. 
to be disseminating at all times. This will never work. Shadaloo Street Fighters have no reason to think that the other Shadaloo agents, wherever they go, are going to know who the fuck they are. And to complicate this further, different Shadaloo teams have different levels of knowledge about their own employment status. Like, some teams are full-on Shadaloo agents who know what Shadaloo is, and they know they've got a job to do and they do it, down to something like the Harbingers, where I think everybody kind of knows that they work for something called Shadaloo, but different members of the team have a different level of information about what Shadaloo is and like what their role in this agency might be. And then it even says at the beginning of this section that some Shadaloo Street Fighter teams don't even know that they're Shadaloo Street Fighter teams. So no wonder Siren hasn't had a lot of success. I mean, she's theoretically a member of Shadaloo, but apparently she's not getting briefings on anything else going on in the agency, and they're not getting briefings about her. There's a real philosophical question of whether Siren really is a member of Shadaloo. <laughs> like, if, if no one knows that you're in the club, are you in the club? This, among other reasons, is why it's so goddamn dangerous, frankly irresponsible, from Soda Popinski. I don't know what I expected from fucking Soda Popinski, but it's very irresponsible for him to be out there street fighting when any, any given evening, any given weekend, this motherfucker could get shanked by Blade or someone like him. There's always a Blade in any group of street fighters. Motherfucker could get stabbed in the kidney just because the Shadaloo street fighter du jour wants to have an easy win, stab him before the match in the kidney or whatever. There's no earthly reason for them to know that he's an overlord. And if he's operating outside Russia, there's no reason for him to know that, that Blade or whoever is a member of Shadaloo. And possibly whoever the local Shadaloo authority figure is doesn't know that either of them work for Shadaloo. So it occurred to me, let's say that we have uh, this situation in front of the record store. It's degenerated into a police standoff. Blade is inside the record store. He's dragged the Shadaloo crack dealer inside. The crack dealer is bleeding out. Shadaloo police are outside. They've got the place surrounded. Blade is inside and he's got the Shadaloo record store owner at knife point and is yelling to the cops, back off or I will kill this hipster before your eyes. Provide me with transportation out of here. I'm already late for a legal fight club. This is my question. What is the chain of telephone communication to get this shit sorted out? Okay, Fernando de Gaulle, he's the manager of the Harbingers. We're going to talk about him in a couple of pages. Could he maybe come up to Blade and be like, ah, excuse me, Blade, I suspect that these are Shadaloo agents. But I don't think that Fernando de Gaulle knows about all these different, like, he might know that the cops in this town are Shadaloo. Like, maybe that was in his briefing that he got before he came here, but probably not. And I don't think there's any reason for him to know that this is a Shadaloo record store, right? I mean, this is, this is just an altercation between Blade and a crack dealer that escalated unexpectedly. None of this will have been in the briefing. So I don't think that Fernando de Gaulle knows. But let's say that somebody in this scenario has a suspicion, and so they make a call. If any one of these factions from Russia calls their boss, their boss will remember from the boss jamboree, oh yeah, I remember I did a team building thing with the guy who owns the Shadaloo record store. I'm, they're Shadaloo. They're Shadaloo. Don't just shoot that guy. You know, don't shoot through that guy's body to kill Blade or the boss of Shadaloo Records is going to be pissed at me. The bosses don't necessarily know the details of each other's holdings, but I think they probably know well enough to at least know, let's cool this down. But I don't see how Blade is getting out of this alive. The bosses aren't going to know who this is. And you can't call the overlord if you're in this situation because you don't know who the overlord is. So you would have to call your boss and your boss would have to kick it upstairs to the overlord. Now, the overlord, I mean, the, the person who runs all of Russia can't possibly keep track of every rank and file Shadaloo agent in Russia, like by a secondhand description. And he's not going to be personally familiar with uh, Fernando de Gaulle. I mean, spoilers for Fernando de Gaulle's entry, but he comes from France. He's a very small part of like European Shadaloo operations. 
So Soda Popinski is going to have to call the overlord of um, France or wherever. Let's call her um, Madame Croque, the notorious Mrs. Crunchy. Madame Croque now is waking up in the middle of the night, getting a call from Soda Popinski of all people over in Russia saying, hey, there's a problem at a record store in Russia. There's this guy with a tattoo of a snake on his chest, two knives, threatening to kill the cashier, holding off the cops. She's like, well, is he French? And Soda Popinski is like, no, he's Spanish, but there's this French guy with him. Very French, in fact. So I sort of deduced that you're the person to call. Do you know Fernando de Gaulle? And then Madame Croc is like, I vaguely recall Fernando de Gaulle. I think you are dealing with Chateau people here. Maybe tell the cops not to kill them. So then Soda Popinski is like, thank you very much. Sorry to take you away from running all Chateau operations in France. And by the way, it wouldn't just be France. It'd be like France and Belgium and maybe the Netherlands. Sorry to take you away from all that. Get some sleep. Bye-bye. I'll see you at the next jamboree. Then he hangs up and immediately picks the phone back up, calls the boss of the police department in this part of Russia and is like, hey, tell your subordinates, those are Chateau guys. The boss has to get on the phone with the underlings and tell the underlings, hey, that's a Chateau guy in there. And then Soda Popinski has to make separate calls to the bosses of the other factions involved in this, since the boss from the police doesn't know the fucking numbers of every random crack dealer in Russia. And by this time, you know Blade has slit that throat. Like, in the time it takes to play middle-of-the-night international phone tag, Blade doesn't have that kind of impulse control. Everyone is dead. It's a fucking bloodbath at the Shadaloo record store. So the advanced secret of Shadaloo on this page is, as fucked as Interpol is trying to figure out Shadaloo as little success as they've had, it's only because the Shadaloo pyramid just has some real weird fucking sight lines, real weird operational security where like people who are in totally different parts of the world doing jobs unrelated to each other know everybody else like horizontally at their level of the organization. But field agents don't know about each other even when they're operating in the same field. And a lot of people don't really know who they work for. It's no wonder that Interpol is fucking confused by this and can't seem to make any headway. But also, this means that a street fighter traveling the world for Shadaloo better watch their fucking back. Because in a world full of martial artists, criminals, and spies, there's no telling which of them work for Shadaloo. And even if you figure it out, they're not going to know that you work for Shadaloo. If you even know that you work for Shadaloo, it's just a fucking crapshoot. Which I guess is another reason to try to distinguish yourself. Like, you better hope that your name came up in a positive light at the last regional Shadaloo jamboree. Because if it didn't, you might as well not even be a member of this fucking terrorist organization. You might as well be a record store clerk for all the institutional protection you have from Spanish ninjas. Anyway, <laughs> that's Siren. Um, I hope you enjoyed her. Join me next time when we learn that although Shadaloo may have very lax hiring practices and background checks, they do have a type on MDC. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret Patreon-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that RSS feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact or check out the show wherever you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. Street Fighter and all associated trademarks are property of Capcom. This season's theme music, used under a Creative Commons license, is City Lights at Night by Revolution Void, whose work you can find at sites.google.com slash view slash Revolution Void, or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash revolution underscore void. Thanks for listening. Now get lost. You can't compare with my power. <laughs>